What's going on, everybody? My name is Matt Best, and I have Christian Marin and Nick Andrade with me. We're back. Another episode of the podcast here with you guys. And uh, we had a special treat. We uh, had two very special guests on with us today. We had producer Drew, who's previously come on and knocked it out of the park. And he brought along Steve Dangle. And let me tell you, this was a special one for us. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was a pleasure having him on. And Steve is such a great storyteller. Like, you could just listen to him just talk about, I don't know, making cheese. And, and it'd be enjoyable. Uh, we had a blast, 100%. Yeah, and probably one of the wildest ends to kind of getting into the industry in a way without even realizing it. So definitely stick around to the end of this one because he's going to tell you that story and it's an interesting one. That's for and, sure. And we're not just saying it. So you'll listen to the end. There's actually a good ending. It actually is the wildest start to his career path in a way that isn't even sports. Yes. Exactly. Wild is wildest, a good word. Wild is the yeah. quote. So without further ado, producer Drew and Steve Dangle. Today on the Coast to Coast podcast, we have not one, but two very special guests. The first one is a reoccurring guest. We have Drew Livingstone, producer Drew on the line with us. Drew, thanks for joining us. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> and Drew has brought along a special pal, very, very well known in the hockey community. We have Steve Dangle, a hockey YouTuber. He does a ton of content over at Sportsnet. He has his own podcast, the Steve Dangle Podcast. The dude's even wrote a book before. So he's, he knows a lot about the Leafs. You've probably seen him all over social media. Steve Dangle, thanks for joining us. Oh, Matt, you flatter me, but you could have done better. <laughs> best-selling book, damn it. Best-selling oh. book. I am wrong. <laughs> Listen to the best-selling author there. No, <laughs> how how you guys good. doing? How you guys doing? Good doing great. Uh, feels like a team in the NHL is not doing too great, though. Let's just dive into that. We didn't expect to talk about current events right now, but no. the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Bob McKenzie dropping a bomb on us. Steve, I want to go to your instant reaction about this COVID thing. And right before we started, talk or recording the podcast you said three words there's no and then you said the word hockey well it's a, it's amazing it's actually developing right in front of my eyes as we're recording this so here's here's the original thread from bob mckenzie it's my understanding one nhl club uh has had to temporarily close its training facilities during phase two because multiple players and some staff have tested positive for COVID 19 I believe it's three players and two staff who tested positive. Remaining players and staff are being tested. If no further positive tests, expectation is training facility will reopen. They're out of their minds. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Phase two will continue. If there are further positive tests, well, we will see what happens. And then he says the team in question is the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then Elliot Friedman, oh, a minute ago, my timeline is just going bananas <laughs> right now. He said the team that has temporarily shut down its facilities as initially reported by Bob McKenzie is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, so obviously this is getting out there. Um, the NHL has been this – is, this is just me talking now. Yeah. The, yeah. the NHL has been weirdly mum on who's positive, uh, you know, where there's cases. And just an hour ago, breaking coronavirus outbreak at Philadelphia Phillies camp, eight positive tests. And just before that, I'm sure you guys brought me on for a, a much funnier show. But just before that, uh, Apple announced that they're closing stores in, where was it, Carolina, Texas, and Florida. So yeah. for anyone paying attention to the Capitalism Olympics, <laughs> we're about to send the entire NBA to a state that Apple has deemed too dangerous. Yeah. But Wait. Steve, they're going to wear rings. Yeah, the oh, COVID rings. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. special COVID rig. Let's not, not give them to healthcare workers. Let's give them to NBA players. Yeah, and when they do a bunch of cool stuff with their hands and raise it above their head, they turn <laughs> into the Megazord. And what the <laughs> stupid. They're not boys. I work for Sportsnet. We all we all work in sports. We need sports back badly. We're not having sports this summer, boys. Right. There's no. I agree. I don't think so either. Right before you came on this podcast and before all this news came out, would you say you were at least 50% positive that sports would come back at all? I was. I was. Like, the NBA, I'm like, what the hell? You're going to do it in Florida? Oh, but you have this ridiculous idea where you can actually just take over Disney World and ESPN (laughs) is there. And, you know, I was relatively convinced. Uh, The NHL you know, I, I became increasingly unconvinced of Vegas, but Canada is always an option for hockey. You could, you yeah, could yeah. have a Western Canadian team or uh, city, I should say, and a Eastern Canadian city. Um, I'm more optimistic for hockey just because Canada seems to at least be an option. Yeah. Um, but I think all sports are coming back. I don't I think, think it's, it's money <laughs> talks. You think all sports money are talks. coming back. It's it's all because of money. There's no way these leagues let the season go without finishing. But Drew, I, I, my accountant man. agrees with you. <laughs> I freaking <laughs> hope so, man. I hope so. We look at like in like Europe, they have successfully done Germany and what looks like England now. But again, these are places that I think are doing a lot better job. And we look in the States and the places that they want to go, it's literally just reopening. We have no plan otherwise. And we can bring the NBA in because there are no restrictions. But now you're starting to see everything kind of tumble. New Zealand has sports with full venues and it's because they can um, the um, Americans are starting to open up facilities because they just simply <laughs> are. And they, they're, they're having dessert way before they're done their dinner. Yeah. And they haven't even, it's not even cooked. <laughs> raw chicken and barfing their brains out and Dude, wondering why there's ice cream all over the table. Like <laughs> it's, it's uh, maybe not the best analogy, but it's, it's, and like Florida, this too. isn't a, a partisan issue. There's a virus. Yeah, and choosing Florida of all places too. They've had like what five thousand cases in the last two days alone. Yeah. Like they had like I think a it was issues. when yes. they first when they first announced it. Um, after reopening, Florida cases weren't spiking, so that was easy in for the NBA because they had no restrictions. And now you're starting to see all everything just happen because of all uh, them opening up and not really caring what's going on now. They just are skyrocketing, so it's just like, mm. and we, we don't even we don't even question these things until we see them actually play. And then if an actual star gets COVID while this the playoffs are happening, then people start to go, oh my God, we should have never done this. The, the NHL.com, like the, their official uh, Twitter account, tweeted, Capocacco is expected to play for the Rangers in the Stanley Cup qualifiers, even though the rookie forward is a type 1 diabetic and more prone to having serious complications <laughs> oh, if he were to contract oh the God. coronavirus. First of all, who on God's green earth thought that was smart to tweet? Second of all, that was two hours ago. No. <laughs> it, it like, blows the way this my is evolving. Mind. It like it's it's just a complete lack of care completely. And I was gonna ask you this too: is if a if a, let's say a third line or fourth line player goes down, it's easy to find a replacement player for them, I'd assume. Now, if you have a player like John Tavares contact or contract COVID, what do you do there? The league obviously takes more of a notice. If you're the commissioner, do you go, all right, we tried, that's enough, or do you go replacement for Johnny T? 
Well, I mean, the, the logical sane answer <laughs> is you shut it down, but uh, it'll just be treated like an injury. It'll just be, you know, players get sick all the time. The Leafs had a flu outbreak this season. A, a bunch of teams do. They do every year. Yeah. Um, it'll just be an injury. It's going to say questionable COVID-19. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. No, Drew is. He's right. That is a. Yeah. The onion. We live in the onion. Drew, <laughs> did you miss me, by the way? Did you miss all this energy in your life? We haven't yes. seen each other in over three months or something. It's uh Man, I was with Drew the the day this all popped off. Um, That's crazy. Go Bear. Yeah, so yeah. we were we were shooting. What was it? Dang it! Something I don't know. Shooting something, and I even did like a playoff preview video for someone talking about the Rangers are going to make it, and I was technically right. Um, <laughs> and uh, when we started shooting, we were shooting unusually late. Uh, it was announced that Rudy Gobert had it. That video of him touching the microphone oh, and everything my. was going yeah. around. And uh, by the time I left the building, um, I think they had canceled that Utah Jazz game. And by the time I got home, they had canceled the season. What did you yeah, think yes. that day? Like working in sports media, obviously, did you go, ah, oh, this will pass. It'll be a week or two thing. Or in the back of your mind, were you like, oh, shit, this, is, uh, this isn't good. I didn't know what to think. And, you know, the NHL is obviously the next foot to fall. And the, and the next day was my birthday. <laughs> happy birthday happy birthday (laughs) quarantine for you my wife my wife got me like leaf cookies and i'm just like thanks (laughs) i am so happy right now and they postponed they postponed the nhl season on my birthday yeah (laughs) we also had uh headman in the same studio uh it was like this day before and he apparently had a connection to where Rudy Gobert's team had visited, oh, like the arena. So yeah, me and Steve were both like, oh my God, what if Hedman had it? And he was inside the studio. Well, I was freaking out. I was freaking yeah. out. And like, I usually have like wicked uh, seasonal allergies. And every time I go, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, have, have any of you guys been tested? I no, got tested. No. I've been how, tested. Oh, how is that? Please explain. Um, well, so don't watch the videos. Do yeah. not watch the videos of people getting tested. Because it, what I found is it's people hamming it up for the camera. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay. listen, I did not enjoy it. Um, there's <laughs> yeah. a reason they refer to it as getting your brain tickled. But like, Ugh. I didn't choke or anything. Like you just, you relax, go to your happy place for 10 seconds and it's over. Yeah, yeah they, sho- they shove a Q-tip all the way up your nose. That's right? giving me yeah. anxiety already. Like. <laughs> no, if, you know what it's like? It's like a neti pot. You ever done a neti pot? Yeah, I the, hate those. I don't like them, but like, I'm not, they don't make me go. (laughs) (laughs) Speak for yourself. That makes me do that. Okay. So if you're watching this right now, go get your brain tickled. It's not that bad. Uh, Not, not fun at all. But even Uh, then, like within, within like the, after that Rudy Gobert, maybe like the first five days, like everything at my work, you know, sports now shut down pretty quickly and we didn't know we were kind of like up in the air for a while and then we just all went home and apparently we can now all work from home somehow, I, last so. time i was at work i drove nick home oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember that really yeah. wow yeah. wow so, i uh it's 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 like an actual south park episode because uh, that same night rudy gobert was announced uh they announced tom hanks had it no god tom hanks everyone really yeah. liked him <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that that was the time oh. with sports was everyone wasn't taking it seriously until rudy gilbert got it then everyone was like yeah. oh my god this is actually kind of serious maybe yeah and then everyone and started to freak out now we're back to not taking it seriously again it seems like 
Well, it's yeah. hard. It's the summertime, and then everyone wants to go outside and do whatever the hell, and they kind of forget yeah. about People it. People just and decide the numbers lower no down. Pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. People thought just because it's hot weather out means you can go gung ho, sit on a patio, and like hug ten friends. But <laughs> I mean, I'm guilty of it. I went on a patio a couple of days ago but I was only there with one other buddy. I it wasn't going around being like, let's sing Kumbaya, hold hands and share drinks. It was completely There's, different. Dave, I saw that in your Insta story. You were doing that. Uh, yeah, I sang <laughs> Kumbaya. We sang the circle of life too. <laughs> they, listen, there's guidelines. You can go outside. You can yep. hang out with friends. Just don't be a moron. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, wear a mask if you gotta. Stay, stay the frig away from each other, man. Like yeah. it's, it's really not complicated. Um, this is wild. This is wild. Let me quickly mention our ice hockey team our ball and ball hockey teams actually got an email from the recreation centers that they're trying to bring the leagues back, but we have to wear full face shields and there's going to be no more penalties, no more face-offs. <laughs> Every penalty will be a penalty shot and possession is just given to the team that scored or that you touched last or went out of play. But I was like, who's got a full face shield? Like maybe a bird cage in my garage, but no one's got full face shields. It's basically like three on three summer league. Yeah. Basically now, plus a giant face shield. Have you guys seen those mock helmets that the NFL was talking about? Yeah, those they go back. It looks like Mortal Kombat mixed Master with like, Chief. yeah, Master Chief. I was like, this is a little too weird for my liking. And I'm like a video game nerd and I thought it'd be cool. Nah, not good. Just looks <laughs> out, it's out to lunch. Um, we have about half the time left, and I want to talk about some happy Sorry. things. On No, it's completely <laughs> awesome that we have breaking news. Um, I want to talk about some happy things. I want to get down to the nitty-gritty with you, Steve. Um, everyone knows you as, like, this big YouTube fanatic, and you were just making content everywhere. What was Steve Dangle's life before YouTube? I forget. Like, legit, <laughs> I forget. Like, I, I uh, you know, I talked about this in my book a little bit. Like, when I got into RTA uh, – radio and television arts at Ryerson. I think it's called something else now. Um, like I got in there by, like I wrote an essay. I did the announcements at my high school. I wrote for my school newspaper very poorly. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like kids go into media programs now with a better understanding of video editing than I currently have. Y you know, um, yeah. so I, I went in there. I didn't have a plan of what I really wanted to do. And I remember repeatedly telling myself, you can't work in sports. Uh, sports was my obsession. I would always, you know, write down the Leafs lines and uh, on receipt paper and my summer job at the Toronto Zoo. There was one day, it was a really slow day. I had exhausted all the Leafs and all the prospects. So I just decided to write down every NHL player I could name. Holy hell. It, it was hundreds. It was, don't tell my boss, but um, <laughs> uh, like I, I told myself, dude, you didn't play, so you can't do sports. So I thought I was going to do like journalism or, or something like that. I'd be a newsman. Um, I really, really don't know what the plan was, but uh, I, I, think, I always, always like talking. I think I remember seeing, I, I believe it was you that had strange career paths or fun as part of your bio on your Twitter bio. And I think I saw that years ago when I was first starting to get into the industry because I've worked a bunch of different jobs and I don't want to make this about me at all. But I saw that and I was like, all right, if you can go from a bunch of different career paths, I think I can do this too and just make my way through the sports media industry. And I'll always remember that in your bio as like being a piece of inspiring info, just getting into the industry. So subliminally, five, 10 years ago, thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I think you're brought up uh in school to think there's like this really rigid system 
and way of doing things. And then you become adult and an adult and you're like, Oh no, this is it. <laughs> and like, you, you think of yourself as really dumb and then enough time passes by. You're like, Oh man, I am really dumb, but I'm also like middle of the pack. Yeah. Like this is, <laughs> this is bad. Like, okay. Okay. But that means there's a little bit more room to grow. I can, I can get creative here. I'll start a YouTube channel. Like that was a weird thing to do in 2007 to, to make well, like, like three or four videos a week. When, when you started making the YouTube videos, did you think like maybe one day this could get picked up? Maybe I can, I can land me a job somewhere like sports at or TSN. Or you just doing it just because you were like, screw it. I'm going to make some YouTube videos and have some fun. It wasn't the original plan. The original plan was, you know, again, first day of university. We're going around a circle because we're adults paying a lot of money to be there, but we're also children. Um, and we went around a circle and, hey, what's, what's everyone's experience? And for every kid, it was, oh, I'm a, I was a camera op at Rogers, camera op. Oh, I worked at Rogers, local Rogers. You know, some guys in like, uh, he's, he's a grad student. And I'm like, I did the morning announcements. <laughs> um, so it was really just, um, it was like a self-appointed internship. You know, I was like, this will, I'll learn some things along the way. Um, it'll teach me some discipline. Uh, I'll get more comfortable in front of a camera. I didn't take a single on-camera course in school. Not one. Um, I didn't like it. I didn't like being on camera and I wasn't good at it either. So how did you hone in on your craft then? Like being on camera, because yeah. you do a different style of media on YouTube and all your videos that nobody's really perfected until you came along and really did it in the sports media industry. How did you go? Okay. This is the style of video I want to do. Just by being really shitty for a long time and then <laughs> just like trying to get better at it. Like, uh, you know, Drew knows I'm not that good. And I, and I, you know, use multiple takes and, and stuff like that. But um, what, what I quickly discovered after my first year of making the videos is doing a five minute recap of every game with absolutely no breaks whatsoever is insane. So <laughs> then I started adding like jump cuts in there. Cause I saw like Philip DeFranco S hexy yeah. Phil, yep. uh, cause he was, you know, one of the biggest YouTubers at the time. He's still alive, pretty big. Um, and I was like, yeah, okay, I like this style. That's 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 what I'm gonna do. And I and I met him at this YouTube convention in 2008 in Toronto at like the I think it was at the Science Center. I'm like, yeah, man, you changed the way I do videos. And he was like, okay, that's cool. We'll take the picture and leave. <laughs> um, but like, man, it made the videos. Uh, it made them way better, but way harder. Steve's being humble. He's actually very good when it comes to that jump cuts. I will say saves us a lot of trouble when it comes to restarting because you don't have to. Jump cuts yeah. just. Yeah. Just simply start there. But I will say Steve's probably the best host I've worked with when it comes to improvisation or like changing things on the fly. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet of you, Drew. I didn't know you were kind of nice. <laughs> last, last night, last night I uh, was recording a very large trade tree video mm -hmm. and we discovered that we missed an entire trade that led to three other trades. <laughs> oh, and so I just had to, all right, like just winged it on the on the fly and i don't know i don't hopefully you can't tell in the final product i, so I don't think drew's seen it yet this is the video that's 41 minutes right now correct yeah uh, <laughs> so 43 i want to know like the minutiae and how you get that together how long that takes obviously the research must must take like forever but like what what does it take to make those trade tree videos because those are pretty intense 
I don't, I don't know if you guys are going to upload the video, but this is the paper for the trade tree that I worked on. <laughs> Holy shit. It's three pieces of full printer paper um, taped together. And it doesn't look like much until I bring it closer to the camera and you oh, see that wow. there's, there's notes next to every single player oh and God. every single trade and all the dates and all that. So the prep for this one took an eternity. Um, and it's been – prep has been – you know, it's something I, I don't actually usually put a ton of effort in, like, especially with the, the LFR videos, I try to write down a couple notes. I have the game sheet in front of me and, and then I just like riff and like for, for when Drew and I were in studio, it was, it's a lot of just riffing. But now that I don't have my babysitter, um, <laughs> I gotta like, I gotta have all these notes in front of me or I'm going to forget something or screw something up and I'm still screwing up. Um, Drew, so it's, Drew, it's been a challenge without uh, producer Drew. <laughs> Drew told us some fun stories about you two on the road the last time he was on the podcast. Do you have any awesome stories that perhaps people don't know about, about you and Drew on the road or even working in studio or anything like that? Uh, on the road? We, we haven't gone on the road too, too much just yet. And I think we were probably going to do more of that. And then uh, the world stopped. <laughs> yeah, we were going to go to the draft in Montreal. That was, like, guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, remember when that was, like, a thing that was possible? <laughs> oh, and that was going to be so cool, too. St. Louis was great. Uh, you talked about the Pink Whitney night. You didn't talk about, A, Pink Whitney should be illegal. Like, it tastes... It Wait, tastes is it like, like four loco? It, it, yeah, it's juice. It's delicious. It tastes like juice and it's thirty percent. That's He's why got it's it right there. Next to my desk. <laughs> this guy's got. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. It's delicious. Um, but Drew, I I forget what was it? who was that guy who just started randomly talking to us in the store, like when we oh. when we started to buy when we went to buy the Pink Whitney. Oh, uh, he was asking you about something. He had his crazy hair. I remember he was asking like, "You think my hair or something?" It was like a homeless dude. Yeah. Combo, right? yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. And he had like this thick Missouri accent. And I'm just like, yeah, like I'm pre <laughs> pretending, pretending like I understand every word he's saying. But like, what if I nod and agree to, hey, you think I'm an asshole? And I go, yep. And then be, <laughs> you know. I, I did try cornbread for the first time in St. Louis with you. I remember that. You were like, you just never had it. cornbread? The first no. time? Dude, I order yeah. cornbread everywhere I go if they have it, even if it's at Montana's and could break That's not like something that is like a mystery that you can't find here. It's cornbread. <laughs> what do you mean? I never even I don't know. I, I knew it was a thing. Montana's. Yeah, that's, yeah, Montana's. Well, you that's picked basically a good place like, to try it for the first time. You might as well have gone. You guys ever tried mashed potatoes? <laughs> okay settle down it's not the same. i'm on this new wave of mashed potatoes yeah, you, know you can change the form of your potatoes <laughs> we uh we, the uh, nba finals media day was absurd yeah um and just drew, <laughs> drew was uh drew was very patient with me but you could tell he wanted to be like steve be a bit of an asshole because <laughs> because the the season reporters know how to be politely rude and I don't know that yet. Like Arash Madani will join a scrum late. Just the seas will part like Moses. He'll ask three straight questions in peace because he's a pro and he just knows. That would be Arash, yeah. Yeah, he just knows how to do that. Whereas I'm like, I, 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 just, I just can't get it in. We yeah. ended up talking to, I think we only ended up talking to three or four NBA players at NBA and you, Media Day. And then I got Shanahan. 
And you also had kindergarten letters, I remember, and they were trying to hand out from uh, your wife's students. And I remember one of the players took it, and then we found it on the floor like an hour <laughs> oh, later. We were like, this guy just oh. dropped it. Patrick McCaw. Yeah. Patrick <laughs> McCaw. ask if you would out him or not, but there Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, like Fred Van Vliet did not care at all. Uh, like no one cared. Like These it, are children's like, letters. It should have been such a cool, it was such a cool video idea, but because I couldn't get in, couldn't get in. And also because I wasn't politely rude, I have my silly little idea for a video, but they didn't have the patience for it because they had just been answering questions for 15 straight yeah. minutes. Yeah. Right. So there's, there is an art form and I can't explain how to do it because I don't know, I don't know how to do it. But if any of you are ever around reporters who know how to be politely rude or rudely polite, um, take notes because it's, it's a skill that I still don't have. <laughs> Or just it's even like back and follow them in while they part the Red Sea for you. I try to ex- I try to explain it like like going to a bar, like even if it's a packed bar, and I'm like, here here's my twenty, sir. Please, I would like a beer. Like oh. that's that's basically what it is. Like I'm trying to be polite, and then some guy behind me is like, here, I want I want a whiskey on rocks. I waited like ten minutes for a drink at my own wedding. Like I don't know how to be I don't know how to barge in. Like I just I can't do it. I, I'm the guy in the nicest suit. Give me a drink. We, <laughs> oh God. We average like five apologies on this podcast per episode because we interrupt each other and we don't know how to just interject properly. It's always, oh, sorry, you first, you first, go ahead. That's, no. it's just, it's too Canadian of us. <laughs> it's just, I will say the American reporters are way better at it. I'm just and barging they, in. Well, and if you were to, if you were to say something, I'm like, hey, you cut me off. Like they'd be like, that's the gig. Like, get <laughs> yeah. over it. Um, I was amazed at, uh, well, first of all, one time in a scrum, I accidentally punched a TSN cameraman in the face. I, <laughs> I couldn't see what I was doing, and I reached my microphone, and I just went, blow! And But again, seasoned vet, they didn't care. It, it probably wasn't even the first time they'd been punched in the face. Um, but the, I did the Yankees as an intern. And it was the most North American media I've ever seen in one place. And the Japanese media outnumbered them. Holy. Wow. Like, wow. The, the Yankees are bananas. Um, and, and again, it's just people, it's just professional murder, like with katana swords and everything. <laughs> and the other scary thing. So like uh, a couple times as an intern, I was like, okay, so I got to get in there early and, and I got to be, I, I'm learning how to be politely rude. So I'm just, I'm just going to stand right next to the coach and no one's going to move me. And then I, the Yankees media comes in and you start realizing, oh, oh, they're just going to keep coming in the room. Oh, oh, oh. All of a sudden you're like this with the coach. <laughs> rubbing stubble. And, and it's, it's, it's terrifying, man. Paul, Paul Hendrick did a very polite version of that to me. I got to go to the Leafs media day. Uh, 2015 16 when they're prepping to finish last hooray for us um but i'm like i'm gonna go to the front and like paul hendrick i guess has seen you know quivering children try this a thousand times and he's like get in there stevie in his in his paul hendrick way and so he very politely nudged me towards i think it was brad boys yeah it was a good time uh we won't keep you too much longer though but i do want to dive into your book um what the heck goes into the process of writing a book? Like what made you go one day, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a book. Like, how does that even start? Uh, I don't remember who I heard say it. Um, 
maybe Bill Burr, but it was, and he heard someone say it. It was, if you think about something every day, you should pursue it. And I'd always sort of thought about it. And I don't know, I would get questions all the time from like media students, like, Hey, I got an interview for this thing, or, Hey, I just want some advice or, or whatever. And I, and I would just answer the same questions over and over and over again. And I wasn't getting annoyed by it, but I was like, okay, people clearly want to understand my career path and publicly it's weird. Privately, it's even weirder. So I'll, I'll put everything uh, out there. We had Ken Reed on the podcast to promote, I think it was his second book. I think, I think it was one night only where he talked about hockey players who only played one game in the NHL. It's an awesome book, real, real easy read, great stories. Um, And he, I was a guest on my own podcast. Like Ken just knows how to spin a yarn and he sold his book so well that he saw like a surge in sales or whatever. So I had gotten the bug from Ken talking and from hearing that if you think about something every day, you should pursue it. But because of the sales surge that Ken had, his publisher was like, who is this? (laughs) So they approached me with an idea for a book and drew it. I don't know if I've told you this before, but the original idea for a book was a trade tree book. That's funny. Yeah. But I told them, I go, okay, I've never written a book before. And that seems really ambitious. And I I don't (laughs) think I would do it well. Um, And then it turned out the guy, you know, this is in downtown Toronto where the publisher is. And I met with him back when you were allowed to meet with people. (laughs) And, and uh, the guy happened to live in Oshawa and I had taken the train that day and he's like, uh, Oh yeah, I'll just drive you home. And it was the only time I've ever prayed for traffic because the entire time I was in that car, I just gave him, here's a story. Here's a story. Here's another story. And I'm just coming up with chapters uh, in, in my head. And I think about a week later, I had a book offer. That's incredible. The thought of like writing a book scares the hell out of me because writing a two page essay scares the hell out of me. So it's hard. How how long did it take you, Steve? Explain to them how long. Oh, like how many re-edits? Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, I think I, they gave me 18 months, but like to come up with the first draft. But um, uh, the problem was uh, work. Like life did not stop, right? Yeah. If I just had all the time in the world and I kept telling myself like, oh yeah, I'll write a bunch of it over the summer and it's August and I've written like two chapters. And I don't know, this patio seems pretty nice. <laughs> I, just, I don't know, I'm too hungover. I don't feel like it. And then I ended up writing, I think it was like, I want to say it was like 70,000 words or something stupid between March and April, 2018. <laughs> wow. Like when the, when the book was due. Uh, and I just crushed it. The amount of edits, I don't even know. Um, I read the book at like half a dozen times before submitting the final version. So did an editor at the publisher ECW Press. So did a couple other people at ECW Press. Um, so by by the end of it, like any mistakes that found its way into the final copy, we were like, we, we tried, man. We tried. <laughs> like it's 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 one of the only things where any any error i'm like jesus it's not for lack of trying like we really did try and i want to say there's like six spelling mistakes or something like that in the first print but now i think we're on to the third and there aren't any damn it That's so pretty good <laughs> yeah, yeah if, you, if you were one of the first people to buy the book let me know if you found the mistakes <laughs> wait so you're saying that there's mistakes in my book then because i remember i was one of the first people to buy one physically off of you yeah see if you can find them that's your summer know, vacation that's, project. That's, that's, that's a mission. 
Yeah, I'll just tell Steve to spoil it for me. I, I want to hear I want to hear the first draft of the audiobook because the audiobook is just me reading the first draft of the book. So you hear me going, so I went to a Senators game and Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> they found a mistake. <laughs> no! Is it too late to fix it? Yes, yeah, yeah, it's too late to fix No! <laughs> oh, I was uh I was cheesed. Uh, how long you guys are... go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, can you guys tell Steve how disappointed he is that he didn't use a funny voice when doing his audiobook? I don't know. I feel like, well, first of all, how long did it take you to record the audiobook? I, oh my God. It was either four six hour sessions or six four hour sessions. I don't remember. Is, it, was 20, it, it was 24 hours in a booth. Is it like a producer going, like, okay, Steve, we like that, but a little bit more energy uh, coming for that <laughs> second word there? Thank you. No, it wasn't any, uh, luckily, it wasn't any like pointers and okay. stuff it was like read if you fuck <laughs> up the the you wait a minute and then they tell you when you can resume okay. um and and it's it's funny so i'd start making a couple mistakes and i'd get riled and then they'd be like okay well maybe we'll take a break and that would just rile me more because i'm like no we're not taking a break <laughs> uh, keep rolling yeah and so i tried not to be a tyrant or anything but i'm i'm in a booth that like like if that if the if the width of the booth the, the you would see the entire booth on this camera angle that i have right now and there would still probably be figures like to the side like it was it was so tiny and you know it's it was very downtown toronto like it wasn't this professional amazing rock band quality studio it was just <laughs> like they put up blankets and, and stuff <laughs> like that and i read off an ipad um but uh i don't know i think we came up with a pretty good book yeah it's a pretty cool experience to hear about you can find steve's book this team is ruining my life but i love them basically everywhere and you can listen to his voice too there's no fun voices in it though it's just regular reading why well, I, I needed to put in more vesitoskala stories or something oh, talk about this mickey mouse t-shirt anyone remember that video <laughs> yeah. stuff like that is there is there plans for uh, number two what's what's going on do we, oh do we have a future for that? The or, forward or, from oh. producer Drew. The forward, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been asked about a sequel. Uh, producer Drew, that'd be a good candidate to write the forward for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like let me live some more life first. Like I yeah. think the book came out. The book that is about my entire life came out when I was, I think, thirty, and or thirty-one, and I'm thirty-two now. So I have not, <laughs> two years of stuff. You know, sometimes I'm sure, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, man, I have not lived another book's worth of life. And then coronavirus happened, and I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Let's, let's <laughs> maybe just make like a, a lot of content now. We can make a toilet reader. We'll make a Steve's Dangit's book and just put a bunch of misplays and write about them. Oh. And and oh and the pages will be made of that material that those old 90s hockey cards from mcdonald's oh, yeah. are made yeah. out of thing so yeah. you can actually watch it like here's brad marchand missing the puck and missing the puck here's crying like a vinyl yeah no one steal this idea do you remember Mine. those books that used to come with the viewfinder things and you'd put in the cartridge and like click them each time yeah, you could, you yeah, could do that. Go. Sell your book yeah. with one of those, and I promise you, the <laughs> six-year-old in me will buy a bunch. And Leafs game seven set. Oh, <laughs> click, and then you pull that out, flip the page, and Brad Marchand said. 
and then you throw it against the wall and call yeah. it a day. Patrick yep. Watts, that's your Liberty goal. <laughs> had to go there. Had to go there. I sure did, Drew. <laughs> Should have won a third cup, and they botched it. Yeah. Well, Steve, we don't want to keep you much longer at all. We just want to thank you so much for coming on, as well as Drew. Thank you guys for taking the time to chat with us, doing that breaking news analysis as well, and just all these stories. We really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, sorry for, like, taking over the first five minutes. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> always what we want. I love it. I want to see how far Steve can get on this before he, he gets off. Uh, Steve, go through uh, the Toronto Zoo tour because that was your job. You voiced the tour. I want to see how far you can get. Pretend we're passengers on the yes, Toronto Zoo as, tour bus. As soon as you forget, that's when we'll cut. The, the problem is I forget the name of the first animal, but I remember everything about it. So, Hey, everybody. Well, here, I'll just close my eyes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Toronto Zoo and the Zoomobile Ride. Your driver's name is Rob. My name is Steve, and we'll be your guides as we go around the Toronto Zoo today. Uh, just remember, there's a few uh, ground rules. No hanging any limbs out of the car. No drinking, eating, or smoking. Let's start the tour. On your right, we have the, I forget what it's called, but uh, they can climb mountains on extremely steep angles uh, from the time they are two days old as we continue down and then, you know, you drive down and you cross this little bridge. I believe that is the Indian Rhino. Its horn is made of a mineral called keratin, um, which is the same thing that your hair and fingernails are made of. And as we continue, I don't know, it was a bison or something. I, I forget the name of, I used to know the animals names, like what the animals were like Dave or Bill, or whatever. That is incredible. I used to, there were times I was stuck in traffic and I would just do the full half hour tour out loud to myself. Oh, that's, uh, that's unreal. I can, I can still do a lot of it. Did you know that a giraffe stands six meters tall, two meters of its height are in its neck, another two are in its legs, and they give birth standing up? How many times do you think you've said this tour? Oh my God. Uh, okay, so I didn't do the Zoomobile tour the full time I worked at the zoo. Let's say it was, let's say it was 3.5 years. So June, July, August, September, we'll throw in four months. Um, so I work five days a week. Oh boy, five. So uh -oh, 20 Steve's doing math. Easy, I know. Easy. <laughs> times four times oh my god thousands how's that for an answer thousands yeah. that's your experience that was your experience to be on air i mean in yeah. some in a lot of ways it was man in a lot of ways it was weird well, career paths are fun they are indeed a big thank you to zoomobile steve and his driver producer drew we'll see you guys later